0: This is likely one of the most beautiful pieces of animist liturgy that I know of, uh, performed by Folko Karakari. It is an ancient hymn from South and East Scandinavia for bringing in the May, a ritual where people would carry beach branches into communities on this day, May Day. Uh, my name is Rune Arne Rasmussen. I'm a historian of religion. I um, run the Nordic Animism channel with the help of people who want to support my work of applying animist anthropology on Nordic history religions. This is a video about May Day one of the holidays that you can also read about in the Runic Animist Calendar project that can be found and procured on platforms of uh, Nordic Animism. May Day is a holiday with ancient roots and it's still celebrated. Uh, This is an example of how traditions can be reinvented in sometimes surprising ways. Labor Day, International Workers' Day. Uh, I make this recording in 2020 which is why the COVID lockdown means that the central park in Copenhagen here is eerily empty, even on Labor Day, where it would normally look more like this. There are a couple of geese out there. It's nature returning. And I think there's some crazy people out there. Um, Normally Danes, socialist or perhaps not so socialist, Uh, celebrate a part of indeed very socialist history, which is that on May 5th in 1872, unionists struggling for fundamental workers' right had an epic battle against the police on this spot here. Uh, Unionizing is a big thing in Scandinavia, And I'm even told that uh, you can see this demographically in other parts of the world. For instance, uh, the part of uh, America that received large numbers of Scandinavian settlers uh, has uh, developed strong Unionist traditions, I'm told, uh, perhaps an an underexposed part of Nordic heritage in America. Uh, Unions have been an extremely important and formative part of contemporary Scandinavian society, laying the grounds for what is sometimes called the Scandinavian welfare state, that particularly Nordic social contract where you pay very high taxes and get access to free education, free healthcare and other social services. Um, And as I said, this is the location of a unionist battle, um, and it's a persistent idea in in northern Europe that a battlefield has somehow become sacralized. And this might be uh, part of the reason that uh, people in in Copenhagen still uh, celebrate May Day on this particular spot. So um, on a normal year, Danish unionists who are carrying their red flags of brotherhood and solidarity into this park, uh, They will, most of them will probably not be aware of that when they're doing that, they're also perform, performing this ancient spring ritual, which is so old, I think, that it's probably difficult to speculate when it began. They are uh, bringing in the May uh, because on their socialist flags, they tie beech branches, the symbol of uh, calming spring, Uh, In contemporary form, they are renewing the ancient fertility rite of May Day, bringing in the May, Uh, and uh, people used to carry budding beech branches into communities on this day. The regenerative forces of spring are are being taken into into, uh, communities in a way that's very common in Nordic animist uh, culture. This kind of taking branches or sticks and using them in different ways, you know, holding a roan stick while you're blessing a field, or uh, sticking a juniper stick into the ground, or protecting it, or in, in the house, even. Um, today, Scandinavians think of this mostly as Labor Day, uh, that's, you know, a celebration that uh, affirms the solidarity, that unites the uh, international working proletariat, and so on. Um, And uh, perhaps there is a fertility logic inside that and also in some way. But these branches tied to the red flags are, I don't know, I think they are revealing and and significant somehow. I think it's one of those rituals that is so somehow evident that people don't really talk about why they do it if you ask them they'll probably just say that they're happy that it's spring or because we've always done like that or that it's a festive beautiful thing to do or perhaps that they don't really know why they do it um, in many uh, parts of northwestern North Europe people would uh, do this ritual of bringing in the May and I recommend a podcast by the Canadian scholar Danica Boyce who's talking about this tradition in the British Isles um, but it's, it's also been very common here in, in Scandinavia uh, where people would bring in these budding beech branches into farmsteads, communities, houses and so on. Uh, they would bring it as a blessing of the newborn power of summer uh, and they would have processions, almost as a personification of summer, that would go, go around singing this song that I, I began with in this video. These processions would receive offerings, uh, particularly of eggs and liquor, and uh, the beauty and power of some of these rituals of, of May are breathtaking. Sometimes summer would be personified in one person. In southern Sweden people would decorate a, a beautiful girl from the village with wreaths and flowers and a crown of leaves and then they would bring her offerings in a procession and these processions would be laid by a sacrificial stone so this May Queen would uh, would give a feast of these offerings under the budding birch trees. Um, the May celebration really began the night before, on Valbor's Eve, or Valpurgis' night. And this was a celebration of life, love, and sex. Uh, people would blow horns. And a Swedish observer describes his, his deep emotion with the sound of these horns between the hills on Valborg's Eve. He writes, <clears throat> He who has grown up by the, the tones of these horns thrives by them as long as he lives. Here we hear at our pyre the messengers of spring proclaiming what no human word can say. It is the innermost of all music and it leads to the heart of our culture. Um, In some areas people would erect maypoles, and uh, in some areas people had maypires, uh, and people had wild erotic parties where mayqueens and may kings were elected and ritually married. Sometimes these symbolic marriages would include literal connections, people would actually have sex. Um, in, um, by, by the Valborg pyres in Jutland, there would be a ritual proclaimer who would call out the ritual cobble with this formula here. Here old hags, come see the pyre. It burns for, and then a man's name. It burns for, and then a woman's name. He shall hold her, he shall fuck her, and he will never forget her until Valborg's Eve returns. <laughs> um, there are also cases of people using cup marks, these ancient rock carvings, as a uh, as a site for ritual sex in order to invoke fertility. It's a slightly a different story. Uh, but the name uh, Valborg is Christian. It derives from a rather relevant saint. And uh, I doubt very much that Scandinavians paid her much attention. Uh, I actually think that the logic behind Mayday is to be found in the, in the lunisolar reckoning, the pre-Christian lunisolar reckoning, where the first of a lunar month is somehow charged. And I think this, it, it is a threshold where you move into that moon or that moon month. And without knowing for sure, I suspect that it's that kind of logic that made the threshold into this perhaps most beautiful month of spring, so particularly charged. Uh, and um, And then it has probably been been transferred to the to the solar calendar which is why it's, today it's may 1st but it's kind of speculation um in the nordic context i also suspect that the name valpurga or valborg in Valborg's eve might have been more closely associated with a particularly or uh, particular uh, medieval ballad which is a love story between a princess called valborg and axel Tortsen. Um Velpor, at some point in the story she gets so angry because he's offered the hand of the wrong guy that she darkens the soil and the verse states that uh, this shook and trembled the hall the osahal and I, I don't know somebody school in linguistics will have to explain me why exactly that word sounds very much like saying the hall of the Aesir. um might be a superficial similarity. Sometimes surfaces can be deceiving uh, and in, in these things, or, or in fact extremely conductive of meaning, uh, as I've uh, addressed in a couple of videos. Uh, Valborg's reaction also seems similar, evocative, of the reaction of the goddess Freya, uh, her outrage when she's offered uh, to become the wife of the giant Thrym. Uh, I'm not saying that people made this association between Valborn and Friar. Perhaps someone did at some time far back in history. It's pos- possible to know. Most people certain, through history certainly didn't see a similarity or connection. Um, but what I am saying is that rather than some boring and preplanned saint, uh, the name Valborn may rather have been associated with high passion and assertive female power, uh, you know, issues that do do kind of speak to the theme of this celebration, which is perhaps one of the most beautiful seasonal celebrations uh, of the year. Anyway, uh, this is the kind of information that you can find in the Runic Animist calendar, which can be uh, found, either procured or pre order on the Nordic Animism homepage and Facebook page. Uh, and it also has an edition of the Mayhem uh, that I played a little snippet f- uh, for you in the, the beginning of this video. Uh, And you can uh, also patron support my attempts with renewing our knowledge of Nordic uh, history of religions with animist anthropology in order to uh, see Nordic history of religions as rejected animist knowledge forms. Right. And on this note of Labor Day and May, May Day, I also feel like just speculating a little bit about the alignment between animism and content- contemporary political positions, such as socialism, isn't there something that feels socialist about animism, or rather something that feels animist about socialism? You know, Animism is really a much bigger, perhaps deeper, perhaps more general thing um, socialism is a very assertively modern way of understanding the world uh, very specific construction of how to build a just human society in the industrialized age and a strategy by the way that, that uh, doesn't always work sometimes it, it does kind of work a little bit and sometimes it has uh, failed also rather catastrophically um, um, and I'm, I'm not sort of thinking this through right um, but my, my preliminary thinking is that I see a sort of an animist note in the way that socialism looks at community. Uh, a community in socialism is something you do, it's a very active thing. Uh, it comes from our active, or even activist, making this community happen. Uh, and that is uh, the, the ide- socialist idea of solidarity, a very action-oriented way of understanding togetherness as something you create. Um, and the purpose of this idea is, of course, that it gives people agency, the, the power to affect their own lives, uh, which is also why there are many voices who want to push solidarity out of vogue. Um, and you can compare this, if you compare this to more identitarian or nationalist ideas of uh, togetherness, then you find that both animism and socialism reaches uh, out of the human or out of the individual in forging community where nationalism, like Christianity reaches inside the human being, while, uh, trying to create identity, looking for criteria for sameness. Um, so if you have like nationalist ideas such as Danishness or blackness or whiteness or uh, even culture or culture spirit, culture guys, notions of race, all these ideas, then uh, they are inherent qualities in a person that creates. Uh, a base for sameness or identity. Uh, an animism and socialism looks out of the human being and creates relationship with an other uh, or with the landscape uh, instead of looking inside to create identity. Um, yesterday, uh, there, there was uh, I happened to participate in. Um, Uh, zoom uh, seminar uh, by the uh, American Potawatomi scholar Robin Kimmerer and she was talking about exactly about this how the uh, the animist uh, uh, way of relating to the landscape is not looking in not for instance uh, focused on genetic codes or something like that but it's pointing out of the human being relating to uh, to uh, the world basically Um, Cool. Thank you for listening in and uh, see you around.